Hi, my name's Darren Smith and I'm here with George Araman. George, how are you? Hi, Darren, how are you? Very good, very good. We're at the home of the world's stickiest learning, MDM, and we're talking about HBDI. Now, the second in our podcast on HBDI, and I'm going to read out the title because it's taken George and I a while to get an absolutely cracking title. My team is not performing well. What can I do? And this is based on feedback we've had from other people. Okay, what can you do? And the second part is use HBDI to build a high performing team. So this podcast is all about HBDI and teamwork and high performing teams. George, why did we come up with this as our second in our range of HBDI podcasts? Well, today there's a lot of problems around the world with teamworks and team working together or not working together. So we found out like around 15 to 16 topics around that and we want to delve into them and discover how can we tackle each one of them using HBDI and how HBDI can take team performance to the next level. Brilliant, love it. So for a couple of minutes, let's do a recap on what HBDI is. We'll share a profile just so the viewers can see what we're talking about in case they're new to HBDI. And then let's get straight into team conflict, team dynamics and all that good love stuff. It. All right, all right. So let's check in with you, HBDI, Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. That's all well and good, but what does it mean? What's your take on what is HBDI? As in the title? What does it mean to you? Well, it's it's a profile, an assessment profile type mm -hmm. that helps you uh, navigate into your, like understanding or discovering your thinking style. Uh, if you're more left brain, right brain, conversion, divergent, uh, feeler or thinker, uh, all those types of sorts of things. And to help you, to help guide you uh, to use your best assets and your best tools, as well as improve the, the areas uh, that you need in certain circumstances to develop better work and work better in teams as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Brilliant. I put George on the spot there a little bit because we did a podcast last time and I'm just bringing back his memory of what he retained. I've been working with HBDI for about 20 years. George, you're relatively new to it and we did your profile, didn't we? Yeah, indeed. So you did, you did 80 questions and then this thing pops out. Is that right? Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what George was referring to is the left half of the brain, the right half of the brain, which most people know this is largely logical. This is largely creative. But what Ned Herman said was there's a top half and a bottom half of the brain as well, giving us four quadrants. Mm -hmm. So the four quadrants, if I do it as four Fs, facts. So this is a thinking preference for retaining lots of facts. If you've got a mate who's good at pub quizzes, brilliant. This is future. So this is me. It's not my profile, but I do have a tendency to think more in the yellow quadrant, which is big picture creativity type. Then that's, we've got we, that's why we get along very well. It I is. love yellow and red. <laughs> yes, and we're going to come back to that. That's why we make a good team. And the red is F, which is feelings. So these people make good nurses, good teachers, particularly vocational. And the greens are our form. They like structure, they like project plans, they like next, they like timelines. And each we can all do all four of these, but we have a preference for pretty for pretty much one or another. So I have a preference up here in yellow. You have a preference for some yellow and some red, less blue and less green. Yeah. Okay, so that's a whistle-stop tour of HBDI, the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. 
What have I missed that we need to tell people about HBDI profiling? Well, actually, I'm very curious on how, uh, since we're talking about teams, I would like to know the difference between an individual assessment profile and a team assessment profile. Like, how do they differ? And like, why would it be important for a team to do an, an HBDI assessment test? Yeah. So if you imagine, we haven't got one here just because of GDPR, but you imagine this is your individual profile and we took that and we mapped it with 30 of your friends or teammates onto okay. one of these and so <laughs> you probably come out as a red let's call you a red okay. as a yellow yeah. and then we put george and bob and ron and julie and blah 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 we map mm -hmm. them all on here and then what we do is we say to them what does that mean now imagine mm -hmm. if all of them were thinking in the red quadrant and they didn't have That's any yellow or blue or green <laughs> So this is what happened when we did some work with the NHS. Now, the mm -hmm. NHS are largely about nursing, about doctors, medical, looking after people, bedside manner, and they were reds, all reds, which has mm -hmm. a strength, of course, as each quadrant does, but each quadrant also has a weakness. Yeah. Now, what was happening with the NHS, these guys were really looking after their patients. But the problem is they had no analysis on what yeah. was going on. They had no future and their processes mm -hmm. were crap. Mm-hmm. So that was the challenge for them as a team. Now, the answer isn't to try and shift who we are. We can only be the best version of ourselves. The answer is to try and make up for the weaknesses of the other quadrants by forcing ourselves to think in the other ways, because we can do all four. That's super interesting. And it, it leads me to a follow up question. So let's say in this example, most of the, in, uh, of the people in the company are red. Would you recommend, for example, in this instance that um, HR managers hire people from different quadrants in the future to help balance it? Or is it more like, no, no, we, we like we don't want to go to this extreme? Like, how would you tackle this, this problem? Mm -hmm. We work with a lot of companies who use HBDI as a recruitment tool. But here's the mm -hmm. warning the health warning. Make sure it's one of a number of pieces of information you use to select the right candidate, not the only one. And if there was a first thing, it must be, are they right for the job, skills, capability, experience? Are they a good fit for our culture? And then second, we might use HPDI. And third, we might look at something else. But don't let your recruitment policy be driven by trying to put all the colours together. Okay. It's part of building up a picture of people. Yeah. All right. Now, if we've got 99% reds and we've got to uh, hire a hundredth person, should they be another red? Well, if they are, then we know how to deal with reds. That's good. Yeah. If they're not and they're a yellow, then they might become, or let's say even a blue, because opposites are where they struggle. You might bring this one person in, then they feel like a lone wolf. Their voice yeah, isn't heard um, because that it's was my question. <laughs> And that's yeah. the problem. And then these guys over time go, hold on, I've been talking about analysis for three years and you guys aren't doing it. And they're like, <laughs> we don't need analysis. And then all of a sudden she goes and they go, why'd you go? Well, I wasn't, you weren't doing any of that analysis stuff. Yeah. We don't need it. <laughs> so in a team, we have to be very aware of our lone wolves, those people who aren't part of, let's call it the core. And we need to listen to them disproportionately because their voice can be very minimized. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's super interesting. That's super interesting. And Good. so, okay. In general, like, do you, do you know which 
So you said that uh, opposing teams like red and blue are usually very much into uh, opposition. Is it the same with green and yellow? Yes, so it's the toughest communication and the toughest understanding is across the quadrants. And this is because they're furthest apart from ourselves. Okay. So if I put that in the vernacular, the yellows can see the greens as detail monkeys. Mm. And the greens see the yellows as we've got a head in the clouds, loads of ideas, but no clue what to do. Mm-hmm. And then if the reds look at the blues as sort of robots. They just want data. And the blues look at reds as touchy-feely, pink and fuzzy people. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. It's really easy to do that. It's really easy for me as a yellow to see a green as just someone who wants to fill out Gantt charts. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. A yellow and a green getting together, if they don't want to understand each other, two and two make a half because they just don't get on. This isn't going to work. We're never going to see each other's world. Okay. Now, what about if they were to see the strengths in each other? The yellow has the ideas and the green can make them happen. Two and two, three. And that's where the power of HBDI is. Mm, That's interesting. Interesting. So, okay. Okay. I'm just thinking and processing. It's very interesting. So I love he, it. here's the, the power of HBDI is yes, understanding our profile. Yes, understanding the profile of other, others and how they think. But the real power comes that you and I, if we didn't get on, because let's say you were a red and I was a blue, we can talk about each other with each other in the third person. So I might say, oh, I see you're a blue. You need facts. I get why I think you're a bit of an idiot. It's because you want a thousand facts and you want the Excel spreadsheet to go to four decimal places. But I get what you need. Then you might say to me, as a red, I get that you need to get together, see the whites of my eyes and understand how we're getting on. The relationship's really important. Mm -hmm. So it allows us to talk about each other with each other in a third party perspective okay interesting okay i i do have a question like okay so we talked about opposites but what about uh like how do teams in uh, the same quadrant work together yeah like uh blue and yellow and red and green and uh which do you have like is there a more powerful or or um, a, um, a more performing team um, it's, in easier, it's easier for the top, let's call them the top guys to get on, the bottom guys to get on, the left guys to get on, the right guys to get on, because they're just adjacent. It's sort of putting my arm here and put my arm around the next person. That's almost easy to get on. Mm-hmm. But the real power of achieving a high performing team it's through HBDI is getting past that opposite bit because naturally you and I let's say as opposites walk into a room we're just not going to get on we like people like ourselves and we don't like people who aren't like ourselves but what about if I could see the power of what you bring and you see the power of what I bring wow we could move mountains together well actually it's a little bit out of context but I think it gives a good uh, like explanation overview it's something I do on my own work on the side and that I wrote in my book which is in a way about masculine and feminine. So I'm trying to relate it in a way that we all have both masculine and feminine inside of us. And what you are looking for is the part that is lacking in the other. And it's the same thing with HPDI is what I'm trying to say. So the red, for example, has dominant red 
and has a dormant blue and he's, he or she is trying to look at the blue outside of himself or herself in the other person to complete themselves. Yes. So this is why there's this constant. Yes, that um, makes sense. Yeah. And so once they actually uh, go and understand this, this other person, they can become more complete or more whole. And this is where the, the, all the alchemy starts to, to, to happen and the magic in the, in the dynamics, in the team building and teamwork starts to happen. You're very right. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and yes, it's very much. Uh, and I'll take your analogy and I'll just give you a quick story. Mm -hmm. I used to have a biz business partner who was a green. So I'm a yellow. He was a green. And his wife who worked with us was a red. Now, she once said to him, uh, uh, we'll call him Bob. Bob, do you still love me? Mm -hmm. And Bob said back to Julie, I told you on our wedding day that I did. And if that changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> it is a wonderful piece of communication between a red and a green. They were both mm -hmm. absolutely right in what they asked and what they said. But they weren't getting it. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> So let me share another piece around teams getting together. Let's say they're all in one quadrant. Uh, we use red before we use yellow. So there's a bunch of people in, in the yellow. The challenge is that they can end up having what I would call a yellow off. I've got a thousand ideas. I've got 2000. I'm more creative. I can do more brainstorming. So there's a danger of just having a team within one quadrant because they can just compete with each other in being the best at that quadrant. Yeah. So the real challenge here is not to change the team profile. The challenge is to understand our profile and then try to overcome our, let's call them weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So if we're predominantly a bottom half brain team, we think in the green and the red, then we need to force ourselves when we come to a team meeting. What is the big picture? Let's just start by asking that question. And when did we last do some data analysis and what did it say? And that's how we force ourselves as a team to slightly change our profile without changing our profile. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. So if we come back to our title of our podcast, my team is not performing well, what can I do? Use HBDI to build a high performing team. What other questions does that put in your mind? So let's try to take an example like just one of the, the, the examples I've had. Let's say, for example, the team has a lack of clarity. So this is something that sometimes happens in, in teams. And uh, how can HPDI help us um, remove this lack of clarity or clarify the, the, the purpose or, or the mission or the vision that, that the team is trying to achieve uh, there? Okay, uh, let me answer it this way, and it might be a two-part answer if the first part mm -hmm. doesn't answer it like uh, like I hoped. When a team get together, let's say they're having a team meeting, they're trying to deal with business and a few problems that they've got. The problem is shared by, let's say, the most senior person, and then eight people almost start talking from a blue perspective, a green, whatever colour they are. So all of a sudden, mm -hmm. we've got all these perspectives going on. Yeah. And then the green tries to push theirs a bit more. We need a process to solve this. And the yellow's gone, I've got four ideas. And the red's hold on. We need to think about, you can see how these, and every team meeting around the world happens exactly the same. Mm -hmm. What about this? We're going to take HBDI and I'm going to connect it with Edward de Bono. Bear with me. Mm 
Mm. Edward the Bono came up with the six thinking hats. And what he said was that we need to put a hat on as a team and think this way. Then we all put this hat on. So put that just there. Take HBDI and let's resolve the problem by all thinking in one quadrant together. So the senior person might say, we're all going to think in the blue quadrant. Now we can all do all four quadrants. For some of you, it's easier. Some of you, it's harder. And he says, what facts do we have about this? OK, so the reds, all right, I'm going to think about some facts. The greens, I think they're all thinking of facts. OK, let's do that. What do we have that on a flip chart? Yeah. We've got 10 facts about this problem. We're missing our sales budget by 7.7 .7 million. Great. Got that and a bunch of others. Now let's move into the yellow. What are we trying to achieve? OK, I want everyone to think in yellow. And they do all four hats like Edward de Bono's six thinking hats, but using HBDI. And what happens is the whole team starts thinking in the same way, but not such a same way that they've got group think going on, but thinking in the same way they think about the same perspective. And all of a sudden we start to start solve problems much quicker. I love it. And I do have a question just maybe in case some of our viewers are not familiar with Edward de Bono and the six thinking hats. Could you maybe let us know what are the six thinking hats and how do they compare to HBDI? Because HBDI, we have four quadrants and uh, the six yeah. thinking hats, we have six. So we have two in a way, two additional. So Edward de Bono came up with the six thinking hats. I think it was in the 80s. He's a Maltese guy, fabulous for books on thinking. Six thinking hats is possibly his most famous. His other is DAT. Lateral thinking. Yeah, he has lateral, lateral thinking. thinking. So when people have heard of lateral thinking, it probably came from de Bono. Now, the other thing that people have heard of is black hat thinking, and they know that sort of doom. Well, it came from these six hats. And okay. what a team do is they put on a hat at a time and the black hat is what's wrong with this situation? Well, all our customers are leaving us. OK, let's all think about that for a moment. And then we move into the green hat, the yellow hat, the red hat, and each one asks us to think about the problem in a different way from a people perspective, a process perspective and so on. Now, if you get deeper into six thinking hats, you'll know that blue is controlling all the hats and then you need to put all the hats in order, but also you don't need to use all the hats all the time. Yeah. Now, if anyone's still confused about six thinking hats, we've got a great article. So if you Google six thinking hats, MBM, read it. We've made it really, really simple. In essence, it's a way of solving problems as a team by putting on metaphorical hats to get the team to think in the same way. Love it. Love it. So all we've done is taken Edward de Bono's idea and mapped it over to HBDI from six hats to four hats. But the um, direction's the same. We're getting the team to think in the same way. Very powerful. Um, maybe we can try to, to think of another example or another topic we can uh, go through. Would you be, would you like that? On the team. So yeah. if we think about um, giving feedback as a team. So feedback's really important, as we know, particularly for yes. line managers, but actually for anyone. Mm -hmm. So feedback is generally done, I think the research says four times a year. But we're not talking about big feedback, sit down for two hours. We're talking about cheers, George, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Now, if we take this and we think about the feedback we're giving, we can really improve our team by giving feedback in the language that they want to hear it. So these guys want more facts around their feedback. These guys want bigger picture and so on. And that will help to build our team because they'll understand it better. 
I love it. Um, I just like another question popped in. Would you be using in parallel uh, the five love languages for uh, for work, or like uh, is it different completely? Um, I think it's different. I mean, we like a very simple model for feedback, which is okay. you're good because you'd be even better if. A simple two-part okay. sentence. If you overlay HBDI on that, you've got to, if you're blue, try and get some facts in there. If you're mm -hmm. yellow, try and get some big picture in there. You get the idea. What we don't do enough as, of as a team and to become a high-performing team is give each other feedback. And I don't mean feedback's the F word. It all has to be horrible. What I do mean is it can be you're good because you did this. And let's make sure we add the because. Because otherwise, if you tell someone they're good, they don't know why. And if you tell people what they do well, they'll do more of it. So let's do yeah. positive feedback for a while with a because. All Very right. true. Uh, George, I think we're coming up on our time. Any last questions around? My team is not performing well. What can I do? Use HBDI to build a high performing team. Well, I do have lots of questions. Unfortunately, as you said, like we're kind of running out of time. Maybe we can have an one more example um, in case um, like uh, we're thinking maybe low transparency, if you have a problem of transparency or uh, teams withholding information. Um, yeah, I think the example would be blues tend to hold on to the information because they value information more. So the okay. challenge for being a blue is because they're fact monsters, they're blues, they, they love facts, they can have a tendency to grab it all and hang on to it, um, which can feel like to the other quadrants as though they're not part of the inner circle. Now, if you're a blue, it doesn't have to happen. It's a rule of thumb. Um, but it can happen. Okay. I think that the biggest takeaway from HBDI and this podcast is enabling HBDI means people can talk about people with people in a third party perspective. Mm -hmm. Because we no longer, we now have the language to say, you're a blue, I know why you need that. Instead, before our language was sort of passive aggressive. Why mm -hmm. the hell does he want this Excel spreadsheet <laughs> in 19 tabs? He's an idiot. Mm -hmm. So we really progress our language onwards and it helps us to build high performing teams. Beautiful. I love it. OK, love George, it. we're going we're gonna to wrap up because we've probably mm -hmm. been longer than we said, but I think they've enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Right, George, thank you. I'll see you next time. Our next podcast is another one around HBDI, and we're going to do, I really don't know how to manage conflict at work. Use HBDI mm -hmm. to manage conflict at work. Very interesting. All right, that's our next podcast. See you soon. Thank you, George, for your input. Thank you, Darren. See you soon.